You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's playoff time. And you know what that means, big stakes and even bigger promotions. Every day of the basketball playoffs, DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. Want to know the best part? It's free to get your shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free-to-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings' free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. That's promo code THPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Voice Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 56, as Andy is currently preparing for a flight to Illinois, looking for someone to watch his dog, and uh, just the our, our chaos here continues, And uh, but we're joined with one of my best friends who... Uh, a few episodes ago, I got to record a podcast from his house. Uh, he wasn't able to be on it, but now he's back. Frank, Frank, Franny Sill sometimes goes by, but Frank, how are you doing? I'm doing well, James. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on as a guest. The last time when you were at my house, I couldn't participate because um, I, I was pretty hungover. So, <laughs> <laughs> so feeling good now and uh, happy to be a part of the show. Yeah, the one thing I kind of want to bring up without you even being prepared for was uh, the you got angry. If this is actually probably about this is months ago now, where I asked you to be on, and you basically gave me 
a time frame that was like a 10 minute window of which you could do <laughs> record a podcast. So when I found another person that could do it, you you got angry. But now here's your chance to kind of get on and uh, and uh, this is my opportunity. Yeah, I, I I did boycott the show. For a few episodes. <laughs> and uh, if it wasn't for Andy, I probably would have just kept the boycott going but i like hearing andy's opinion you i could do without but that's all right yeah so, well i mean but i'm back and i'm happy to have the opportunity and privilege to be sitting here with you and i and it was nice to actually watch you do that introduction in person i hear it all the time so you got that down packed it's pretty good yeah it's kind of just like the staple of the podcast it's the only good part that i actually bring maybe to each episode <laughs> after after the intro it's pretty much downhill yeah. from there uh, so obviously you're a diehard Rangers fan. Uh, I wouldn't have you on the podcast if you weren't. Um, looking at last season and and you know looking back now that we are in the Stanley Cup final, looking back now with the New York Rangers, um, do you see last season as a success or do you see this uh, season as kind of a, a failure? Looking at you know maybe the Canadians in the playoffs making their kind of Cinderella run. I mean. It's it's hard to gauge it based on this past year and, and even the year before with the whole COVID situation. Um, I mean, the Rangers are playing in such a harder division than the Canadians are playing in. And the Canadians, you watch, they started off real hot. They were the best team in that Canadian division for a while, and then they just started kind of slipping, slipping, slipping. So, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious to most people the Canadians probably wouldn't even have been in the playoffs had it been a regular season. So, they, <laughs> they've been, let alone not being in the playoffs, uh, they wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, it worked out great for them. They're taking full advantage of it. They do have a good playoff team I mean they got big bodies Price is playing out of his mind you know I think he's looking at this probably as his last shot to try and do something uh, you know because if you told me Price would be playing for a Stanley Cup I'd say you're crazy I, I know his uh, numbers and kind of the way his uh, game was going it was kind of dwindling for a while but um, yeah he's, tur- he's turned it back on and found it and I mean speaks for itself he's in the cup final so um you know i thought he was going to kind of end up being like Lundqvist, where you have that superstar goal or luongo too you have these great goalies and they just can never never get a cup but we'll see we'll see i don't know if he's going to beat tampa but now if you're a Lundqvist, do you want price to win a stanley cup god no absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> if you're a Lundqvist, you're like you know calling mcdonough being like dude get this done because, yeah i mean you know, all those years it was Price Lundqvist, who's the best in the league, who's the best in the league, and you know, Lundqvist. Obviously, they beat the Canadians that one year in the to go to the Cup. Granted, Price got hurt thanks to Kreider there, but you know, I feel like they were probably, and other people could argue differently, but they're probably the one-two goalies for that whole time they were in the league. You know, kind of together at least through a lot of the mid two thousands there. So, yeah, if if he gets a cup, then it's kind of like well. The other guy who everyone kind of compared me to now has a cup, so right. yeah, I, I'm, I'm thinking Hank doesn't want him to get a cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, if I'm Hank, I definitely don't want the Canadians to win. I don't even know what I would even like. Want. I I guess as Lundqvist, I don't know if there's hatred really for the Islanders, but you definitely can't have like, you know, the the one guy that's like, ah, oh, he never got a Stanley Cup. Like Price is still ultimately that goalie that never got the Stanley Cup, and like. Hank's a part of that discussion, but not not it's not as bad I think as with uh, Carey Price's career because he yeah. never really got anywhere 
except this year. Like, there was never really a year where you're like, oh, the Canadians can compete. Like, the Rangers, you know, they won a President's Trophy. They they, they had deep runs into the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Dude, definitely not one no, price to win a no Stanley Cup. No, if I'm Hank, I'm like, come on, don't yeah. let these Canadians win. I, I can't watch Price lift the cup. I mean, I need him to be sitting there with me and Luongo as, you know, top winning goalies or some of the top goalies of all time and, and just not uh, not have that ring because that puts, I mean, that, that solidifies it. Price would then definitely end up being the best of their yeah. generation. You know, you had, yeah. And again, it's hard because you look at Brodeur and Patrick Waugh, right? And like they would say, maybe you can compare those were the two best goalies during their time, Price and Hank. Granted, they didn't really have the rivalry that Waugh and Brodeur kind of had, but yeah, they would probably be this that generation's next two best goalies. And you know, crazy to look at that. Where if those are the best two goalies, look at all the cups Waugh and Brodeur won, and then these mm-hmm. two guys. If Price doesn't pull it, pull it out this time. They'll have zero cops, so <laughs> I'm wild. <clears throat> I think it just goes to show you that the how goalies, how the whole position has kind of changed. And I mean, you've been saying it and advocating it for a long time. Like, you don't need the greatest goalie in the world to be on your team. You just need a good goalie, and he just needs to play well. You put put your money where, especially nowadays when everyone's got a cap. You know, back in the day, and have a cap. But um, yeah, it, it's like just get a goalie. Don't give him a huge contract. Make him make the right saves, and and just put your money into your team and your defense and, and build out. Well, speaking of that, you know, you have the Rangers season that, you know, they finished just outside the playoffs and maybe the toughest division. Uh, now people are going to say, you know, the Canadian division was, you know, the, the greatest division in, in, in modern sports history. So, um, you know, looking back at the Rangers season, they just failed to make the playoffs. Did you think that if the Rangers were able to make the playoffs, given what you saw the performance out of like Washington or, or like just, you know, Boston and stuff like that, that they would even be able to compete. Cause I look at the playoffs and I'm like, there's not a chance in hell the Rangers would even be competitive. I agree with you, depending on who they played. I do think they would have beat the caps. Um, I, I they, kind of they played the caps too. really, really well for whatever reason, you know, they beat the caps and then get smoked by the Islanders. So for whatever reason, that matchup I think would have been good. And then, um, I think the Penguins look, they just did not look good against the Islanders. Jari, I mean, talking about goaltending, that guy yeah. stinks. I mean, <laughs> and, and if I'm the, if I'm the Penguins, I mean, they got others, you know, Malkin's older, Crosby's older, and I know they came in first place, but I kind of scratched my head wondering how that even happened. But, um, yeah, that, that goaltending situation is brutal. So I do think if, you know, if the guys came out and played and scored some goals, they, and, and, you know, um, Igor made some good, big saves. They could have, um, they could have uh, probably beat them. I don't think they would have beat the Islanders. And I think the end of the season kind of showed that. Yeah. Um, I don't think they would have beat Boston. I mean, those those guys. It, it, it. Jury just said it in that press conference the other day. Like we're watching this playoffs closely, and we're looking at what it takes to win. And I don't think, and I I know you and Annie have talked about this before, and. Um, you know, it's like you don't want to be that cliche, like, oh, you need toughness, you need toughness. But it, you you need a Matt Martin. You need a Tom Wilson. You need a guy who is going to – I mean, when you touch the puck and Matt Martin's on the ice, he's going to hit you. And and you looked at what he did even against Tampa. Part I think part of the reason why they were into Game 7 was because Matt Martin is crushing guys in the corner. And he did in Game 7 against uh, Sebastian Nikov, or uh, Sergeyev. 
um, he crushed him in the corner, and Sergachev was like laboring as he's still on the ice. And it's like, man, you're going to make guys pay and second guess going in that corner. And the Rangers don't have a guy who's going to make you not want to go in the corner. So until they have that, and, and same thing, like Tampa, they kept coming up short, coming up short, and who they get? Pat Maroon, and, and he throws his body around. And he was competing with, you know, Martin and, and, and hitting then the Islanders uh, defenseman once the puck got in there. And I, I think guys like that, especially, in, I mean, in, in the it, later in the playoffs, they make a difference. You've, you've seen, I mean, through, throughout the history of yeah. hockey, that's guys like that are who show up in the playoffs. And, and you hope that, you know, they could find that right guy. They're not easy to find. And sometimes those guys can be a liability. But if you find one who's not a liability and can contribute a little bit and just make the other team pay, it goes a long way. Yeah. It's, well, it's funny because Pat Maroon, I think, has been in the Stanley Cup final like the last three, three years. Yeah, and right. they're like everyone like they're always like ah you know like what he brings to the table is so important and it's like so far beyond what the rangers have right now that it just i really hope we do make moves and we don't need to bring in an eichel we don't need to bring in a barkoff like we really need to just add like depth and strength to the lineup like we need to be able to roll four lines and be confident that line four is just going to be as effective as line one. Like, maybe not scoring goals, but just, like, be a nuisance. Like, just cause disrupting, like, you know, maybe, you know, draw a couple penalties and stuff like that. Like, our fourth line stinks. Like, oh, they're awful, yeah. And, and I mean, I, I don't want to give them praise, and we could maybe even get into it. Your show, I'm following your lead here. But, like, <laughs> as much as I hate, I and believe me, I'm the, I think I texted you, like, the weight that was lifted off my chest when the Islanders lost was like, oh my god! I just was sitting there, kind of getting anxious. Like if these, if the Islanders go, I think that I would have, I think they would have beaten the Canadians. So it's like mm-hmm. it's Game Seven. Basically, for me, that was a Stanley Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I felt because I'm like, they're going to beat the Canadians. There's no way. So I needed Tampa to win. They pulled it out with the huge help from. I mean, McDonough was unreal. It made me really miss that guy watching him play and and just the grit and heart that he has. But. um yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is as much as I hate the Islanders, you watch them and you watch that fourth line, like Clutterbuck and Martin. I mean, they got a game-winning goal. Was it game four, maybe? I couldn't I, – I don't know exactly what game it was, but he got a, gets a game-winner, and they just – Trotz plays them every shift. You know, it reminded me – I was thinking back, and I was like, you know – the Tanner Glass days when Tanner Glass was on the team and he was out and you'd be sitting there going like, why is he always out? Like he's always out there and he's not contributing. And it's like, I watch the Islanders and I'm like, wow, Martin is always out. Except you think the opposite, like he's going to crush somebody. He might bury a goal or he's going to, you know, he's going to do something effective out there. So it was like giving me, you know, flashbacks to like just the opposite. I wish we had Martin instead of, you know, Tanner Glass on the team, but that's the way it goes. But, um, yeah, you look at Trotz, he trusts that fourth line, he played him, I mean, he just rolled four lines, and, you know, it, it, it makes a huge, huge difference, and it, I'm, I'm quite envious of, of the, that fourth line that they have. <laughs> I mean, as much as I hate him, and I hate when the Rangers play him, they, they, they're good. Yeah. He's good. No, they're, fl- they're, just, they're just flat out effective. Like, that, they, yeah. they buy into the system, and they know their role and job, and, they, and it's effective come playoff time, because Teams don't want to do that, and teams don't want to have to like battle and work hard in the corners to like just get by. And that's what you know teams have to do against the Islanders. You're like you're gonna have to take a body hit just to make an outlet pass. 
Whereas, like, towards the end of the playoffs, like you were saying, you know, it's a grind. So these guys, they don't want to get hit every single shift when they just want to make a, you know, a D-to-D pass and not have to worry about Matt Martin coming down and just smashing them. Like, right. it, it's it's a whole mindset. It's like a philosophy that Trotz has. And But thank God they, they were out. Because I agree with you. I think they would have murdered, murdered the Canadians. I don't even think it would have been close. I think the Canadians now have a shot against Tampa more so than, than um, yeah. Because uh, I mean, you could compare you can compare the Canadians game to the Islanders game where it's yes. like big bodies. They make you pay. They get good goaltending. I mean, Varlamov obviously they had that one stinker, but um, yeah, he he's a good goalie man, and he made a lot of big saves, and uh, he, he he's been good. Um, no. So you kind of I, I mean, he's kind of I know he's had like a weird career. I think I. Well, like a long time ago, I had him in fantasy, and he's he, he's bounced around Washington, Colorado. He's been a few different places, and I, I remember him even in like Colorado days, where like he always played the Rangers well. It seemed like, yeah. And uh, you're like, wow, that guy has something if he could just figure it out. But it didn't seem like he could figure it out until he came to the Islanders. And since he's been here, he's been he's been a good goalie for them. Um, well, you know why? So you look at that. Do you want to know why? Do you remember Mitch Corn? Tell me why. <laughs> Do you remember Mitch Corn? <laughs> The goalie, no, no. he had the camp out of, uh, Mitch Korn is like one of the most famous goal t- goalie coaches. He's like Trotz's like right-hand man. And he, did, oh, did you yeah. work the camp at Ice Time? I don't, I never worked that Oh camp, my god, no. I mean the guy's like a creep. He has like, he was like, <laughs> like, like hitting on all the mom, like making remarks about the mom. It was like, a re- it, the guy's just out of his mind. Like. Oh my god. Yeah. It, but he he's got like. What did you do at the camp? You just shot on goalies. Yeah, I just they, shot on goalies, yeah. and uh, it was crazy. He had his like little mini pucks. He's got white pucks. Like he's got like boards that like blind the goalies, and then he goes just rifle it like low on them. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like he's eight years old. Dude. Like feel like this is a little bit more. This is what you should be doing to like yeah. uh, Varlamov, not like an eight year old. Right. But he uh just. He's Trotz's right hand man, considered like one of the best goalie coaches, which is insane. Yeah, well, I, I guess it makes sense because yeah, he, he looks good. He's playing well, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just think that both of their matched up teams, you know, they're again they got those big bodies shut you down, and I think that the Islanders just overall are deeper, and Barzell was playing good, and um, you know, if he could find the net a couple times, back of the net a couple times, I think they would have, they would have beat the Canadians. Per, I, I think they would have beat them in like five games. Honestly. Yeah, I don't, no, I agree. Close. I agree with you. I'm Corey Franchot. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, this game, this game is, this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. It's got to go backwards a little bit. Canadians versus Vegas. I don't know why, but Vegas looked like shit, and... I know, you know, the Canadians, again, were playing that same sort of patient system, you know, that they, you know, that they, you saw with the Islanders. Yeah. Am I the only person that was like, when they started Leonard the last game, I was like, what were they thinking? Like, Leonard, he kind of stinks. <laughs> like, the goal, yeah. like, everyone's like, 
Caulfield, what a shot. When he came down, when Caulfield came down and scored that one goal in the last game, I was like, that was like one of the worst. That looked like a men's league goalie. Like, he wasn't even, like, angling him. That was awful. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you, and I, I do, I get it. Like, you know, Flurry wasn't having his best series. Um, you know, Leonard had come in, he gets a win, Flurry goes back in, they lose. I, I watched, I didn't watch that whole game, I watched part of it. I really didn't think it was his fault, you know, that they lost. Um, but It wasn't goaltending's fault, but... No, no, but I mean, he also didn't make any timely saves, that, or big saves that, that kind of kept him in it when they needed him to, but it's... um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, DeBoer, I don't know. I've never been a huge DeBoer fan, personally. Um, you know, he. I, I don't know what, what his where his mindset was on that, but I guess maybe he figured, hey, we're going with Leonard. He got us the last win. Flurry isn't playing great. But to me, you go with your starting veteran goalie. He got you there. It's do or die. It's do or die at that moment. So you go with go with your guy. You know, yeah. that, that's what you do. You put all your eggs in one basket or, you know, Bet the house on Flurry and hope that he he gets you the saves. I mean, the guy had won a cup, and I know, you know, he, he had sometimes a quite a rough go in, in Pittsburgh. There, um, you know, I, I mean, it's it's funny when you watch and hear about Flurry now, like now that he's on Vegas and stuff. And I know he's kind of older; he's probably more mature and got his head right. But back in the day, it was kind of like, yeah, the Penguins are going to choke because Flurry stinks in the playoffs. I mean, that was always a huge topic. They probably, I mean, Crosby probably would have 10 cups of Flurry and stink in the playoffs. I, I, so, I uh, it, so, you know, it's like, but he, it seems like he's figured it out. He's gotten older and probably needed to get out of Pittsburgh to, you know, once Mark Murray came in and he lost that job. So, um, but he's played well. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know, talk about a goalie legacy. Uh, it's tough because they, I mean he did win himself a, a cuff, but then he was back up the next two times, and I don't care what you say if you're a goalie, being a backup of one of the cup isn't. It's just it can't be the same. I, I don't know anything about being a goalie, but I just I couldn't imagine just sitting there and feeling like yeah, he did it. I th- <laughs> I think it, yeah, it depends on who you are. Like if like I don't know, there's some teams like they really split. Like a like. If it was like Shosturkin and, and um, Georgie, I'd be like, all right. Like if Georgie wins the Stanley Cup with the Rangers and he's Shosturkin's backup and he played like I don't know forty percent of the games, I'd be like, all right. But like like you said in the playoffs, like once they establish your starter, like you got to ride him out and it's day. It's definitely not the not the same if you're not playing in any of the games. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Right. Not. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, but I guess that one year, he, when Murray, I think, was hurt, he, he won the first two series, and then Murray stepped in and won the last two. Um, so I, I, he probably still feels good about it. I mean, hell, I'd, I'd feel good about being, uh, you know, uh, a ticket salesman and being on the Stanley Cup, ring, <laughs> Stanley Cup championship but, team or something like that. So, like, I don't even so, know who the Canadians' um, backup goalie. This is, a, like, a really bad podcasting here but I don't I couldn't even tell you who the Canadians backup goaltender no, I, I mean not a clue I if mean you put a, if, if you were like Frank you know you I'll, I'll gun to your head tell me who the goalie is I wouldn't even be able to give you a guess <laughs> yeah I have no idea I'm I couldn't even tell I don't like because I've been you know, working some crazy so like the only time I really I listen to the game and like they'll never like talk about the game and it's just you know I should, probably should know it since I host a, a hockey podcast, but that's just right. I, I don't I don't really I don't have time for that. Um, 
All right. Obviously, uh, Vegas loses to the Canadians. The Vegas right. last coach was Gerard Gallant. Gallant named New York Rangers coach. Uh, obviously, we speak almost daily uh, about the right. Rangers. So I kind of know your thoughts already, but just you know, kind of share them. Looking back now that he's like official, they had the press conference. Um, are you are you feeling good right now going into next yeah, season? I mean, I listen. Like last year again, we we were kind of talking briefly on was it a disappointment or not. It, it's just a hard year to gauge. COVID thing, you know, Mika got COVID. He wasn't himself. Um, you know, it, it was just a weird year. Yeah. Panarin ends up going out because of the whole Russia thing. Kako probably didn't have the year we were hoping him to be. He showed flashes of, you know, maybe this guy's really got it, but then he kind of was on and off. But he, you know, I I saw recently the COVID really did affect him, and because of that, that he's got diabetes. I mean, I I believe it. I mean, you know, those lingering effects, you just can't bounce back from that and then play at the highest level. So you hope that all these guys come back next year and and, uh, with the full – normal off season it's it's good and now to have a fresh face as your coach uh, you know it's hard to it's hard to know what guys think about the current coach right it's like you look at Quinn and you're like some of these young guys you would hope been thriving under him or not but then you look at guys like Mika had his be- you know has had his best years under him uh Strom has completely turned around his entire career because of him so you know you look at the good you look at the bad but I think having a veteran coach come in and um, the style that he, you know, runs his team, I think, is going to be really good for our young guys. And it's all it, the guys that are veterans and superstars. I don't think a coach matters for them. I really don't. I think they're just going to go out there and play their game and do what they got to do. But I think for some young guys, as they're developing, it's gonna it's gonna help them out. Yeah, I, I just you know my biggest thing is like the experiment is done. Like Quinn. I think could be a very good NHL coach, but he needs some years behind an NHL bench. He, he needs, should be an assistant. He yeah, be an assistant he'd be a great assistant. I think he'd he'd really thrive in, in kind of learning how to manage a locker room and manage you know NHL egos and just kind of not like break away from that college mindset where you know you're teaching these players like oh when you enter a zone you know don't stick handle like that doesn't need to be taught at this level like what you should be doing is like you know if you want to pull a guy to the side and say hey too much stick handling like like cut it out either dump it or you know throw it on goal or something it doesn't that like doesn't need to be taught at practice it's just like you can tell he was running the the rangers like boston university and that just is not it's not going to work like you're not going to have your superstar bail you out every single night like you got to have, you know, a balance, you know, lines one through four. And his, you know, his reward of playing time was just so off base. I, I honestly had no idea what he was doing sometimes. And Yeah, no, it made, it made no sense. And, I mean, like, to touch back on kind of like his style and the whole Boston College or BU thing, it's like, it, it, I, I could see why guys like Blackwell and, thrive under that because they're kind of like struggling in their careers. Blackwell's, you know, just trying to stay in the league. He might, you know, who knows if he doesn't make the team, if he ever plays in the NHL again, he's getting older and you buy into hardworking guy and, and you're going to, you're going to play well and do well in that system and, and he's going to re- reward you for it. And I could see why Lafreniere and Kako 
are just so skilled and don't have that mindset where it's like I'm not gonna stick handle into my into the zone. What are you talking about? Like I'm yeah, that's my skill. I mean, that's what I'm here for. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, and at 19, you're not gonna argue with the coach. So like I can see that like constraining them and and not letting them thrive into in a system. So you know, take the cuffs off these guys. They're gonna make mistakes. They're young, but let let them let them just go at it and do play the style of their game and, and you know to. It seemed crazy to me. I heard that interview. I forget who was with that was talking about that and the the, the way he would do things. But yeah, I don't think Gallant's going to do that. And I think um, I think it's going to change things. And I mean, I, I I hate seeing JD gone. I love JD. I mean, since I was a kid, my dad, you know, we watched games, and he was like, JD should be the guy running the show. When he was, you know, working with Sam, he always felt that way. So when we finally got him, I was like, oh, this is great, you know. And you saw what he did in St. Louis and Columbus, um, and you know, I think he's he was always trying to get here and get this job. Gordon, you know, he did a good job. He got lucky with some picks and stuff like that. But I think, I mean, Chris Jury is Chris Jury's been good at everything he's ever done. So I and he and he kind of worked his way up and he worked under um, you know Gordon and and I think he I think he's going to do great. I really do. Like I'm not I'm not upset about that. I'm upset to see JD go, but. I think Jury's going to step in and might even do a better job. I think he's he's won a cup as a player. He knows what it takes. He knows what you need on a team. He knows what's going through guys' minds, and I think he's going to get exactly what we need to at least have that have that shot. And one of the things I, I think, like, I don't know how often this really ever becomes, but so Chris Jury, obviously part of the Rangers, Rangers management system, like over the last few years, kind of getting – I don't know, kind of getting bred into this role, like mm-hmm. not bred, like trained into, I don't even know right. the word I'm looking for because I'm an idiot, but uh, you know, groomed, that's what I was looking yeah. for, I knew yeah. it was like, <laughs> not, you, you breed a dog, you groom a dog, that's where I was going with that. Uh, yeah. Notice I didn't help because I I didn't know the word you were talking about. <laughs> it's like, damn, James that's, is breeding. breeding. <laughs> damn, Chris Jury's breeding. Uh so looking back, you know, and you say, okay, he's perfect for this for this job. You know, he's obviously well thought of around the league, and a lot of people do say that he's like the next, you know, young up and coming, you know, GM to take on like this role is like a perfect fit for him. Um, but he also got to spend some time behind the bench of like the team that he's eventually gonna officially manage. And I think like that experience alone, just to see what it's like being on the bench, like seeing how the players, you know, are during an actual game. Like I think that sort of perspective you don't see very often, like GMs actually having. And for him to be down and kind of in the locker room, like hopefully he uses all that knowledge and that experience and and makes the changes that he knows that he needs to make because. They keep saying big changes are coming, but I think we're not going to really see that until closer to the draft when, you know, which is, again, another segue here. You know, the draft is coming in July. Yeah. Obviously, we have a mid-first round overall pick. Yeah, what pick is it? 16 that we have? Yeah, but it moves to 15 because Arizona lost. Yeah, Arizona lost there. So, um I ask everyone this: Do you think they keep the the pick, no. or do they trade it? They trade, trade it. it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I listen to you and Andy talk about it. I think Andy, if I remember correctly, is going back a while, but I think Andy thought we should make the pick. You thought we're going to trade it. I 100% agree with you. I mean, what? 
you draft a guy at at that point, you know, you know, it's not he's not most likely unless you get super super lucky, he's not coming in next year. You yeah. know, he's going to come in in three years, and then in three years, what do you got? You know, where are we in three years? And I'm I, and I'm not saying we're not still going to be a good team, still making a push, but if if they're saying let's go now. Boys, come on! We got we got young D, we got good D. Everyone, you know, yeah, we'll have some new faces next year. But all these guys, second, third year in the league, you know, the kids, you know, we're not going to treat you like a kid anymore. You're you're an NHLer, you know, you're in your twenties now, and as <laughs> that sounds crazy because, um, but yeah, in the league, it's like, come on, let's go, step it up. You should be the ones, you know, yeah. carrying things here. You know, and especially you look at young guys like when Crosby was young. I mean, he had no issue carrying it. And Grant, I mean, you're going to compare. Crosby is he's one of the best ever, but it's like, you know, that's what is expected of you, especially like a guy like Lafreniere has always been compared to Crosby. Step up, let's go, you know. So um so yeah, so I think they're gonna try I think they're gonna try and get some depth. I think they're gonna try and get um some some of those middle middle of the pack guys that can get the job done that <laughs> I mean kinda reflecting back on the conversation we had, what do you need to win in the playoffs? You need those you're gonna Put a few goals, throw the body around, and make other teams kind of pay and and bury them with a four check. And you know they're not the flashy guys; they're not gonna be snipers and stuff like that. But Lord, baby, <laughs> you know that's what, that's what you know. I know. We I mean, I and I'm not saying we're going to get Yanni Gore. I'm just saying that's the type of guy that you you know what I mean, something like that. So well, yeah, I think the, I think a few teams are gonna have to have a, a few makeup changes. You know, Tampa Bay obviously well over the cap. The Islanders, if they bring Anders Lee back, are now over the cap, so they have to make some changes. Like, there's a lot of uh, you know a lot of decisions that these you know uh, contenders have to make, and you know the Rangers, you know they have enough cap room to bring in these guys because all the guys that they need to bring in aren't cap killers, and. You know, right now, if you look at how the Rangers are built, um, I, I think like a few more real, true NHL playing forwards, and you know, maybe another veteran D-man to kind of stabilize things would really, you know, work wonders. And Rangers right now are looking to add depth. They don't need skill. We have, you know, we have plenty of guys that can put the puck in the net um, on the offensive and defensive side. Um, you know, and now it's just coming down to. Uh, you know, filling in the holes and, and, and filling in the gaps. Uh, you know, Andy. Uh, well, Andy and I have been big proponents of Adam Fox, and certainly want him to win the Norris Trophy. So yeah. I guess we can kind of end on uh, on you know, you and I grew up watching Leech, right. and this is probably the closest thing right now we have uh, of a, like a Brian Leach type feel for a defenseman. What are your thoughts on Adam Fox, and do you think he can win the Norris? Um, I think he should win the Norris this year, without a doubt. I think he's going to win a couple Norrises. Um, I think it, it seems like the Norris is such an interesting trophy because it's kind of like the one that, like, you know, everyone who does the voting gets stuck on one guy and gets all googly-eyed on him. I mean, you know, and I, I don't know if that was thanks to Nick Lindstrom because he won so many because he was that good, and then it kind of trickled down. You know Carlson now Hedman and stuff like that, but yeah, he should win it. I mean, it, there's no question he should win it. He was the best defenseman this year, and uh, I think he's got a few more. If he wins one and breaks through, I think he's going to probably win a couple because of kind of like what I said. You know, these guys find someone they like them. I don't know if it's just because once they like someone, they keep an eye on them and watch some of their games and keep keep an eye on their numbers. And but <clears throat> whatever the case may be, I think he should win it. Um, 
you're absolutely right. I haven't seen a ranger um, that that young that's kind of like come in. Uh, yeah, obviously, the rangers have always been big on getting trade, trade guys coming in yeah, via yeah. trade, guys coming in, you know, free agency. Everyone wants to be a ranger. And I know he technically he didn't like, you know, we didn't draft him and bring him through our system, but he never played in the NHL. He comes to us, comes in, starts playing in the NHL. And it's, you know, you're watching, it's like, oh my God, this is like watching Leach again, maybe, maybe even better. I mean, the things that that guy does with the puck and the passes, his vision, just the, even the subtle things. It's like a guy's coming in on him and most guys panic or throw the puck away. And he just kind of like takes like a little, little step and move. And it's so subtle and it looks effortless to him, but not many other guys can, can do it and have that, you know, um, confidence to do it. And he just does it. And for a guy that young, it's like, man, it's, it's awesome that he's on our team. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean, you can't be, you can't be upset about that, especially when you look at some of the guys. You know, you're you want you want more from some of the younger guys. You got a guy like that step in, and it's uh, it's great to see. All right. Well, I guess that's gonna do it for episode fifty six. Uh, Frank, again, I want to just thank you for for stopping by. How was it? Did it live up to the hype of being on the podcast? Oh my God. I'm gonna start my own podcast right now. <laughs> uh, you don't know, wait till t- wait till tomorrow when uh, it drops and you get to hear your own vo- voice and just cringe. Yeah, definitely not listening to this. Um, <laughs> I'll wait for some of the guys to text me and make fun of me. And, um, I'm not. I'm not guys. gonna tell anyone until uh, this is a surprise. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a surprise. So don't tell anybody. In the for, our, for all five of our friends that I have, I don't have many friends. These days, so. <laughs> well, that's but yeah, no, it's I appreciate it. Um, so happy the Islanders are out. I think next year, I think we're going to be in the playoffs, and uh, I think it's going to be great. And uh, maybe if I'm lucky enough, they'll, I'll, you know, depending on I guess how many listens you get, or if Andy goes, why did you have this psychopath on? Don't ever put him on our podcast again. Maybe I'm lucky enough to get an invite back, and I would, I would welcome it. So, all right. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.